in the beautiful West 7th neighborhood of St. Paul, Minnesota, you're listening to the Capital City Podcast. Should we get started, guys? Uh, yeah, I'll pray to start us off, and then uh, we'll do some screen sharing of lyrics again, and hopefully you won't see my mouse moving all over again this week. <laughs> all right. Uh, dear Father, we thank you so much for this chance that we can meet online. We thank you again uh, that if we have to be at home, at least it's in an era when we can do this. Um, we pray you lift our hearts to you and worship, uh, that it would be as if we're in, in person together, um, and that you'd speak to us today. We pray this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'll send it over to Matt. Okay. Thank you, Jordan. Um, so we'll uh, try to get the lyrics on the screen in a second here. And there we go. Uh, we'll start with Love Came Down. Feel free to sing along at home. Um, if you're planning on doing that, just double check. Make sure your mic is muted. <laughs> if my heart is overwhelmed and I cannot hear your voice, I'll hold on to what is true, though I cannot see. Hey guys, well, it's good to see you all. Um, I'm really glad that we're doing these live streams. Uh, I think it's a lot more, um, just closer to the real thing, I guess, uh, being, being all together at once. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. Would you be able to, it says host disabled oh. participant screen sharing. Would you be able to enable that for me? Yeah, let's see. Should have warned you. <laughs> That's all right. I just made you a co-host because there's no option to just... Okay. Does that allow you to do it or no? Yes. Okay. Here we go. Are you guys able to see that? Yes. Awesome. All right. Well, we're going to be uh, talking today about Psalm 126. So you guys can, can turn there in your Bibles. Uh, I hope and trust that you guys all had a great Easter weekend. Uh, we had a great we had a great weekend here. It was just a really beautiful time of being together as a family. And although we weren't able to be at the services, we were able to uh, participate uh, by Zoom and by other means. So we, we went to the Good Friday service at Capital City and the Easter Sunday service at Capital City. Uh, we also went to a couple other services. So our my old church down in Wheaton uh, is an Anglican church, and they do Monday Thursday service, which is uh, celebrating the Last Supper and washing the disciples' feet. And then on Saturday, they do an Easter vigil service, uh, which is usually a 13-hour service, but they cut it down for, for Zoom purposes to uh, about two hours, where they went through and, and um, just shared some of the high points in salvation history, uh, the flood and uh, Genesis and, and a lot of the other main stories, Jonah uh, and some of the passages and Ezekiel and Isaiah that look forward to the coming of Christ. And it was just a really cool time to see them uh, do them in, in new and unique ways that did them as skits and songs and all sorts of things. So it was really cool. Um, and, and then Easter Sunday, of course, uh, getting up on Easter Sunday and be able to, to worship the resurrected Jesus Christ who defeated sin and death. Uh, I think that was uh, just honestly one of the, one of the better Easter Sundays that we've had in a while uh, at, together as a family at home, which was really, really sweet. But then, you know, we woke up on, on Monday morning and we woke up to the news that more people um, have, have gotten coronavirus, more people have died from coronavirus, and it just seemed to me that there was this, um, this disconnect in some ways 
between celebrating uh, the, the triumph over death uh, that Jesus made for us on Easter Sunday and then waking up to see more news of, of more, more suffering and more death on Monday morning. And so it, it sort of begs this question, like how do we as Christians reconcile the glory of the cross that death was defeated with our present reality? in which uh, these are the numbers just from yesterday, 6,000 new COVID-19 deaths globally. A third of those came from the United States, uh, just under 2,000 in the United States yesterday, uh, all day yesterday. So how do we reconcile these two things? So if you would turn with me in our, to our passage today, Psalm 126, we'll read the first three verses, and then we'll later on read the last three verses. It's just six verses. So Psalm 126, 1 to 3. When the Lord restored the fortunes of Zion, when we were, like the, we were like those who dream, then our mouth was filled with laughter and our tongue with shouts of joy. They said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has indeed done great things for us. and We are filled with joy. So just like us on, on Sunday morning, the psalmist is looking back uh, to a time in the past when God did something amazing for his people. He restored their fortunes, and the people are celebrating. They're on the mountaintops. But then as we, as we look ahead to, to verse 4 here, you see the shift. Instead of celebrating, they're, they're lamenting. They're saying, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev desert. The past reality doesn't feel like it's today's reality. And that's kind of how I felt on Monday morning, just, just sort of dried out. How long, O Lord, is this going to go on? How long are we going to be stuck in this sort of waiting period of, of who knows what's going to happen next? In his famous sermon, The Weight of Glory, C.S. Lewis, after spending a good deal of time painting this amazing, beautiful, transcendent picture of what's going to await us in the new creation, after he goes through all of that, he says, meanwhile, the cross comes before the crown, and tomorrow is a Monday morning. And that's how this psalm feels. It's like, God, you've been so good to us. You're so great. What you accomplished on the cross and then on Easter Sunday is beyond words. But tomorrow's a Monday morning. And we don't really know what's going to wake, what's going to wake up, what we're going to wake up to. I think all of us are reacting to this pandemic situation in different ways. I think for some of us, there's a feeling of fear. Every day we hear about more cases, more deaths. We hear about the stock market tanking. We hear about le people losing their jobs. Maybe we've lost our jobs. I know for me, it's been this sort of loss of relationships. I've just been craving relationships and being able to see people and touch people and have conversations that are happening across a table, not across a screen. I mean, thank God for, for Zoom and, and these kinds of technologies. You know, like Jordan said, um, this would have been a very different experience even five years ago, I think, um, without some of the technologies that we have available today. And, and so it definitely provides us with something, but I think we can all agree that it's just not the same as the real thing. For others of us, maybe it's just something that's a little bit more subtle than, than fear or, or, or a specific loss. It's just this sort of general loss of, of normalcy. Life just doesn't really feel real. It doesn't feel right. It sort of feels like we're all kind of in a waking dream in some ways. We want to cry out. We want to say, this isn't normal. Life shouldn't be this way. And I think my response to that is, is you're right, that this isn't normal. But then again, life has really never been normal. 
1939, at the height of the World War of World War II, C.S. Lewis gave another sermon. Uh, this time in the chapel at Oxford University to the students who are studying there, and it's entitled "Learning in Wartime," and it's it's sort of him sort of sort of answering one of the criticisms that the students are having, which is like, how do we go on with our normal studies and things like that when there's this war happening and the London Blitz is happening and these students are studying, and how do we focus our time on these on these things like Greek and biology and things that just don't seem to matter? How do we do that in this in this crazy time? And so C.S. Lewis says this, he says, I think it important to try to see the present calamity in a true perspective. The war creates absolutely no new situation. It simply aggravates the permanent human situation so that we can no longer ignore it. Human life has always been lived on the edge of a precipice. We are mistaken when we compare life, war with normal life. Life has never been normal. In ordinary times, only wise men can realize that. But now the stupidest of us know. We see unmistakably the sort of universe in which we have all along been living, and we must come to terms with it. If we had foolish, unchristian hopes about human culture, they are now shattered. If we thought we were building up a heaven on earth, if we looked for something that would turn the present world from a place of pilgrimage into a permanent city satisfying the soul of man, we are disillusioned and not a moment too soon. In the midst of COVID-19, we're reminded of the frailty of life and the foolishness of putting our hopes in anything down here on earth. We are entirely dependent on God, and it's in him that we put our trust because we know that he will supply what we need. Let's take a look at the, the rest of Psalm 126. It's up here on the screen as well as in your Bibles, uh, verses 4 to 6. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev desert. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Now, based on the, the agricultural language, people think that this psalm was probably written in a time of famine, when crops were failing, when there was loss. Now, I'm guessing that, that very few of us have ever truly known what it's like to, to really go hungry. And some of us, I think, for the first time, maybe are, are getting just a taste of what it's like to, to maybe not have everything that we need right at our fingertips when we go to Target or to the grocery store. So we pray with the psalmist in Psalm 126, restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev desert. We trust that you will take care of us, that you'll turn our tears into joy, that you'll supply what we need. But we also pray, along with Habakkuk, like Tyler preached a few weeks ago, that even if you don't, even if all of this falls apart, then we're still going to rejoice in the Lord. Now, why? I think, I think a lot of people who are outside the Christian faith say, you know, how do you do that? Why do you do that? Well, because as Christians, we know that our hope is not in this world. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, our light and momentary troubles, this light momentary affliction, is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. And Paul is saying this in the context, this is right after that famous passage where Paul is saying, you know, we've been beaten, stoned, crucified, crushed, all of these things in the name of Jesus. And if, if he can say that about the, the beatings and the stonings and, and the, the crucifixions and the death that he and his, and his uh, fellow disciples of Christ are experiencing, surely we can say that about our light momentary afflictions 
as well. I pray that during this pandemic, that we would draw our eyes away from this world and fix them on those eternal things. And to be honest, I've, I've heard people say that before, and it's, 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 it's a very Christian-y thing to say, like, let's set our things on, set our hopes on the things of the, of the eternal. But what does that really mean? How do we do that practically today? So I'm going to turn again to, to C.S. Lewis and, and that sermon, The Weight of Glory, which is a reflection on this verse from 2 Corinthians 4. He says it better than I ever could. He says, the load or weight of my bur- or burden of my neighbor's glory should be laid daily on my back. It is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which, if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are, in some degree, helping each other to one or other of these destinations. It is in the light of these overwhelming possibilities that we should conduct all our dealings with one another, all friendships, all loves, all play, all politics. There are no ordinary people. You have never talked to a mere mortal. Nations, cultures, arts, civilization, these are mortal and their life is to ours is the life of a gnat. But it is immortals whom we joke with, work with, marry, snub, and exploit. Immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. Next to the blessed sacrament itself, your neighbor is the holiest object presented to your senses. All around us, people are coming face to face with their own mortality with the fact that the things that they put their trust in, the economy, the government, their own health, all of these things are doomed to fail. It's on everybody's mind, as Lewis said, even the stupidest among us know that that that's now true. But they may not be aware of their immortality and the fact that all of us are destined one day, as Lewis says, to either be immortal horrors or everlasting splendors. As a result, we have a tremendous opportunity to talk to our friends and neighbors and share with people that they don't need to be afraid. That like in Psalm 126, though we're sowing in tears today, one day we can reap with shouts of joy if we put our trust trust in Jesus and in Jesus Christ alone. Let's pray together. Lord, you restored our fortunes on the cross and on Easter Sunday morning. And our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And we look forward to that eternal weight of glory that you have in store for us in your new creation. In the meantime, though, God, the cross comes before the crown and tomorrow's a Monday morning. God, we're hurting. We're broken. There's death and there's chaos all around us in this world right now. We're trying to walk between despair on one side and false hope on the other. Restore us, O Lord. Water our hearts like streams in the desert. Give us your strength and your eyes for our neighbors, that we may see them as you see them, as immortal creatures destined for glory or for horror. Give us courage to take this opportunity to reach out and share the hope that we have in you with those around us who may not have much hope right now. May they find the joy and peace that comes from putting their trust in you. 
We pray all of these things in your holy name. Amen. Amen. Thanks for sharing that, Josiah. Uh, man, I, I, I'm thinking I got to get back on the C.S. Lewis train, huh? <laughs> Some of those, I read a lot of that five, ten years ago. Um, yeah, I, miss, I miss interacting with those ideas. See ya. All, All right, right, see you guys. <laughs> Sweet. This is a project of the Capital City Church in the West 7th community of St. Paul, Minnesota. Find us on Instagram at Capital City Church STP or visit our website for more information at capitalcitystpaul.com.